Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Thank you so much for joining Michigan Minds today. I'm really looking forward to hearing all of the important information that you're going to share with us. So I want to jump right in. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us about your role at the University of Michigan? Sure. Well, first, Erica, thank you so much for having me. I think it's a really important time to be talking about mental health, so I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, So my name is Sheila Marcus. I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist at the University of Michigan. Uh, I was the division chief in child and adolescent for 14 years. Uh, And in October, I stepped away from that role to concentrate full-time on continuing to build the Michigan Child Collaborative Care Program, or MC3, full-time. But I do lots of work in the area of perinatal psychiatry uh, and early childhood psychiatry. Fantastic. I'm really excited to talk to you about MC3, but first, can you share some of the areas in which your research focuses and some things that you work on? Sure. So over the years, I I began my career primarily in the areas of perinatal psychiatry and how to screen for common diagnoses and OB visits. And then about 14 years ago, as I mentioned, when they needed leadership in child and adolescence, I thought, how can I use my perinatal interests within child psychiatry? And really the answer to that was beginning to focus on on infants and on early childhood and on building resilience in mom-baby dyads. And so much of my recent interest has been in, in early childhood and in building resilience in caregiver child dyads, in helping families diagnose common disorders like autism and trauma and relational disturbances in, in little kids. Um, and I have always loved uh, collaborative care and working together to bring mental health clinicians and primary care clinicians uh, together. My, our family often jokes that my mother was a social worker, my father was a pediatrician, and when they married and had children, logically they would have a child psychiatrist as their first. Um, but my interest has really always been in, in the interface of OB, pediatrics, and uh, psychiatry. That's wonderful. Thank you. So going back to when you mentioned MC3, can you tell us what MC3 is? Sure. So MC3 stands for the Michigan Child Collaborative Care Program, and it is a statewide program uh, that is really intended for the primary care providers who are caring for children, adolescents, and and caregivers or pregnant and postpartum uh, women. The program is designed to support primary care clinicians in caring for this population by providing same-day, just-in-time phone consultations, by doing telepsychiatry consultations with children, adolescents, and pregnant and postpartum women. It's a program that brings all manner of education to providers throughout the state, um, and it helps providers throughout the state with resources if they're trying to find psychotherapeutic resources for kids and for moms. The program is currently available in every county in the state of Michigan and has grown from a very small program in a few counties to to really covering all of the lower and then all of the upper 
Peninsula. The program is designed really to leverage what has become an extremely, extremely scarce resource that is the child's, both the child and adolescent and perinatal psychiatrists, and to try to get our expertise into the communities in Michigan that need them. Very commonly, we hear that PCPs and obstetricians are seeing patients in their office that a high percentage now have mental, uh, mental health conditions. And they really feel totally out of their league. This is not something that they were trained to do. Um, and so they really are feeling like we need additional resources and supports to do this. So we will provide, uh, they can call us, we will provide same day feedback to help with diagnostic clarification, to help them with appropriate medicines, to help them determine which are inappropriate medicines. Many, many of our moms and kids are really on too many medicines and to help leverage them into important therapies. When cases are particularly complex and we feel like, gosh, I, I don't even think over the phone with you, I, I can adequately, you know, there are, there are many ways that this case could turn out. We might suggest a telepsychiatry consultation directly with the mom or directly with the child to help determine what's going on in those, in those complex cases. It's such an important resource to provide, um, and I'm curious, can you elaborate on what the process is for providers who are seeking to utilize MC3? Any clinician, any prescribing clinician in the state of Michigan is now eligible to enroll. Um, we have a website that makes it pretty easy for them to enroll, and as, um, we can provide that to you after the podcast. As soon as they are um, enrolled, they're immediately um, eligible to call us. Uh, they simply call a phone number. That phone will ring with one of our behavioral health consultants. We have any at any given time between nine and 14 behavioral health consultants throughout the state who are taking these phone calls and they'll determine, is this a call that really just needs, for instance, resources to find a psychotherapist in the community? Or is this a call that, that needs a physician in order to help with this diagnostic clarification or meds? Uh, if it's the latter, they'll refer the phone call to us. We have a child and perinatal psychiatrist every, every single day available on page. Um, and you know they can say we prefer to be called at this time or before lunch or here's my cell and here's the back line. We will call them back usually within a couple of hours and determine how, how we can be most helpful. Clinicians can call as many times as they need to. Frequently we do get recurrent calls on a, on a person. In addition, we can also get them any kind of support that they might need. Uh, if somebody in their office, for instance, wants a case consultation or a case conference, even during COVID, if the if they need psychological first aid, we can we can provide that as well. So Dr. Marcus, can you explain why the support is necessary for primary care providers in Michigan? Sure. Um, so, you know, I think almost everyone these days has become recently aware of this, the tsunami of need out there, particularly in children's and in perinatal mental health. Um, when this program was started in 2012, we began to anticipate that need because of the graying of the population of psychiatrists who were providing it and just the volume of need. So um, even before the pandemic, 
somewhere around one in five children and a similar number of, of moms during pregnancy and postpartum have mental health concerns. And the number of providers is very, very small. We now understand that the pandemic sort of put a laser beam on this problem and in addition through fuel on this fire. So during the pandemic, what we've discovered is that rates of depression and anxiety in all of these populations has skyrocketed. Suicide is increasingly problematic for both, both kids uh, and for women. Um, our emergency rooms are bursting at the seams. There are not enough beds for uh, the, the population of people that need them. The lines are, the lines in the mental health service programs are longer than they have ever been in my 40 years in this field. So they are extraordinarily long. Um, you know, deaths due to guns is now the leading cause of death in children and adolescents, which is absolutely shocking. Um, and there's an, an absolute acute, really catastrophic shortage in almost every county in the state of Michigan. Uh, so PCPs are increasingly finding that they're spending more and more of their time doing this, and they, they simply can't keep up. They absolutely need additional support. And how is MC3 helping expand access to mental health care across the state? Sure. So really what the MC3 program is, it leverages the expertise of both child and perinatal psychiatrists into the community by providing these same day consultations. Um, it also begins to educate. We're now concentrating on, you know, we've heard from enough PCPs. Why didn't we get this in our training and our residency? And so we're beginning to move the education into the training programs to try to get some of this expertise out there. Um, but essentially it, and, and I can provide in 10 minutes often uh, a, a reasonable consultative service versus the 90 minutes that it might take me to see a child by myself and obtain the entire history. So it's, it's possible to, um, to adequately ascertain in a relatively short period what might be going on or what other questions need to be asked. Um, sometimes we call this helping the PCPs begin to think like a psychiatrist. So it's beginning to, to learn how to ask the questions that will get you the answers that you need. One of, the, one of the big examples of that, for instance, with traumatized kids and moms is not asking the question, why is he behaving like this? But what has happened to him? When you see somebody acting in a certain way to begin to look at what scary or frightening thing might have caused this individual to behave in this dysregulated way. So that's, that's an example of a very important question that PCPs are now just beginning to ask uh, because particularly children are very commonly misdiagnosed with ADHD or bipolar illness when they're living in the foster care system or living with grandma. And my first question is not, you know, he's running away, maybe he has ADHD, but why is he living with grandma? And if the answer to that is, well, mom did have an addiction disorder and dad is in jail and mom is working hard on her sobriety, you know that that child may have lived through some things that are, that are really hard. So it's, it's getting this expertise and getting the kinds of important questions that need to be asked into the hands of the people who need to ask them.
You've started to answer this next question already in several of your responses, but I, I feel it's really important to emphasize why is the focus on pediatric and perinatal care? So a couple of reasons. One is that in terms of the, the supply, the supply of child and adolescent and perinatal providers is particularly critical for number one. So we wanted to get this expertise out there. And our program is very strongly focused on prevention. So if you can diagnose appropriately a child early in life and determine this is a traumatized little one, not a child with bipolar illness who needs to be on five medicines, um, you can prevent all manner of downstream complications and comorbidities in that particular child. The same is true of, of pregnant women. One of the things that I love about our program is that it is both a perinatal and a pediatric program. What that means is when you have a mom or a caregiver who's distressed, who may be abusing substances, who may have a depressive illness, in addition to talking to the clinician about the importance of getting the mom treated, you begin to think about, and when this baby is born, we wanna get this baby off to the best possible start. We have programs in the state called infant mental health programs. Babies, of course, don't have mental health disorders per se, but what we can do is to get moms in a space where they can give the best possible start to their, to their child. And that best possible start is usually giving them the tools that they need to form a healthy and secure attachment relationship with that child. So by having both pediatric and perinatal providers, we can both get moms and their babies off to the best possible start. So I think, I think it's the, answer, the short answer to your question is prevention. Thank you so much. With May being Mental Health Awareness Month, what is an important thing to keep in mind about mental health services and the stigma around talking about mental health? Well, I think that uh, the good news is with social media, with increased public awareness, I think stigma around mental health conditions is less now in this generation than it might have been in past generations. So that I think is, is the good news. I still think that in some families, in some cultures, there is a preference, for instance, for keeping things to yourself, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, talking to family members or religious leaders. But increasingly, even in those domains, people are recognizing when the expertise of somebody in mental health may be helpful. The other thing that I like about the MC3 program is that many people are more comfortable seeking care in their primary care office. They're comfortable with that clinician. They've known them for much of their lives. And it might be very different for the PCP to say something like, I have a colleague that I'm working closely with at the university or in the state of Michigan. Can I call in that person to help me out with this as opposed to I'm referring you somewhere else to somebody you've never met? Uh, it, it feels more comfortable often to family members. I think the other thing that you have to call out is just the importance of treating these illnesses. Um, what we know is that undertreated mental health conditions results in all manner of just adverse consequences. It's, 
it's school dropouts, it's unwanted pregnancies, it's unhealthy starts for, for babies, it's inappropriate labels, like I've mentioned, bipolar illness or ADHD in children who have trauma. Some of the most catastrophic consequences are, of course, suicide. So I think when I think about mental health awareness, just the call to action to make sure that, that, that we treat these illnesses early uh, to prevent some of these very, very sad consequences. So I like to ask each expert who joins Michigan Minds this question, and I found that oftentimes it's one of the most difficult ones. But Dr. Marcus, what is a takeaway that you would want everyone listening to remember from this conversation? Well, I think it is that mental health conditions are extraordinarily common. And right now there, there is a critical shortage of individuals to support people who are caring for individuals with mental health conditions. I think the state of Michigan is trying very hard to get expertise into the hands of people uh, who need it to try to, to try to meet some of this demand. But I think the other important thing is for people to know that mental health conditions are treatable and it is important to seek treatment for these, for these conditions and to try to think very creatively as a state, as academic clinicians, to how do we best match treatment resources to individuals to need, who need them and try to get resources in a more equal way into, into the hands of people who need them. Is there anything else that you want to share before we wrap up the podcast? I think, again, it's, this is just such a timely piece to do, you know, and again, to note that this is a really important problem and really to thank the state and to, to thank the university for helping us to try to solve it. Well, Dr. Marcus, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you joining Michigan Minds today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.